We should we should all take LSD, then watch Space Odyssey, yes. then record the yes. podcast as we're coming down from the LSD off the LSD. Yeah. Did you guys did you guys hear like breathing on the last one? I'm trying to figure out if I'm breathing too. Um, I'm too close. I think we should do that, Elijah. I love that commitment to the pod. <laughs> if we're gonna review this movie seriously, it has to involve psychedelic drugs. Don't, don't go on the internet. Watch TV. Read newspapers. I hate this place. A geographical oddity. Two weeks from everywhere. No television. What do you do? You know, I'm somebody a scientist myself. He must have had on some really nice pants. Okay, here we go. Welcome back to another episode of Loose Concept, the loosest conceptual movie podcast on the internet. My name is Elijah Smith, and joining me tonight, as always, from across the internet, the sultan of small-time podcasts, the kingfish of keeping it real. He's got high-octane crazy blood filling him up, Sean Mackey. (laughs) Yes, I love that last one, too. High-octane crazy blood. I feel like I've got dragon energy. <laughs> Drag, dragon energy. <laughs> We're dragon brothers. It's just a little uh, a little tease for the feature of the week, feature film of the week, you know? It's appropriate. It's appropriate. It's appropriate. Want to foreshadow the, the feature film. We won't, we won't say it, though. I mean, we said it last week on last week's pod, but if you haven't listened to last week's <laughs> pod... It's out of the bag, but... Got to go back to listen to it to find it. Also joining us from across the internet, we have the granddaddy of great takes, the patriarch of the Pony Express. If he's going to die, he's going to die historic on the Fury Road. The one and only Rudy Rudolph. Yo, witness me, dog. Witness me. Witness me. Mediocre. Mediocre. That was so... <laughs> that was Dude, so, that was so chrome. So impressing. That was so chrome. So chrome, shiny and chrome. What's, What's good, boys? Episode twenty-one. We're here. That's a uh, three full. No, seven full weeks. No. Th- <laughs> what am I thinking? Seven times three. It's twenty-one. So it's. <laughs> one th- dog, one you're, you're overthinking. It's twenty-one dog. weeks we've been doing this podcast. <laughs> we don't <laughs> do it one a week. We don't do it's an episode a day yet. What do I? There's a math equation somewhere in there. <laughs> Glad, uh, glad no one's here. Did to you hear. write it on your window, like yeah. uh, Andrew Garfield? <laughs> well, if you divide twenty-one by four, that you'd figure out how many months. <laughs> There's four weeks. Just move it on. Move it on. Yeah, let's 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 keep this rolling. So, just so we don't don't get another uh, hour and forty-five minute long or hour and a half long episode on our hands, we're gonna get right into the right into the pod here. Let's get right into it. Yeah, right into it. We're going to start off with a little damage control. Damage, damage, damage. I'm going to come up with a damage control theme song and, and play it. I'm stupid. You're smart. I was wrong. You were right. You're the best. I'm the worst. Uh, you're very good looking. I'm not attractive. All right. As long as you're willing to admit that now. Damage control. Just a little, little real minor mix up. I mean, it could happen. It could happen to the best of us. Happens to anybody. When discussing our top twenty lists, as Rudy was 
coming in, finish, wrapping up tier three, he brought up Raiders of the Lost Ark and Indiana Jones. And I uh, mistakenly <laughs> mentioned that Indiana Jones was doing geology, that there's lots of geology in the movie. Oh. There's nope. Indiana Jones is a noted archaeologist, not a geologist. It's the other ology. Yes, yeah, the other notable yeah. ology. There's yeah. only two ologies, and I got them confused. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't when I was a kid. Yeah, I didn't know what a, I didn't know that there was a proctologist. <laughs> so I used to call it. We, you know, as a kid, we we'd call our rear ends the hiney, right? Is that a common term? <laughs> yeah. So it'd be the the hineologist is yeah. who I. The thought was the person who gave out colonoscopies, yeah. That might be a little too <laughs> crass for our podcast. Yeah, we have to bleep that all yeah. out. But that's okay, Elijah. We'll, you'll get them you next time. You have to time. learn a new one if we do Jurassic Park. You know, paleontologist. Yeah. Paleontologist. There's just too many ologists out there, you know? Too many ologists. <laughs> yeah. Hey, it, would happen. it happens to, it could happen to anybody. And who is to say? I mean, isn't there a scene where he's like, doesn't he hold that stick up and the light shines through it and he's like in some rocks and it's kind of, he's like in a cave. He does mess with a lot of rocks. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that's geology. So <laughs> who's to say there's not some geology in Indiana Jones? <laughs> Typical damage control. Just, mold. It ends with, uh, ends with uh, us just deciding that we are right anyway. Yeah, I was going to say either that yeah. or we create more damage to control in the next episode <laughs> <laughs> within, this, within, this, within this segment. It's a self-fulfilling cycle. Vicious, vicious cycle. Well... We're moving right into some movie news. Two big pieces of movie news this week. Let's tackle the first first. Some might say the biggest movie news of the week. Some might not say the biggest movie news of the week. I don't know. It's up to you and what you de- what you what you <laughs> value in your life. <laughs> what movies you like? <laughs> who am I? Who am I to say? The movie movie news we're referring to is the announcement of Tron Three, a third Tron movie. Um, Tron 3. Starring the uh, ever-evolving, the ever-weird Jared Leto. Yeah. How are we feeling he about this? He would do this movie. <laughs> I didn't see the other Tron. Did you guys see the other Tron? Well, there's two other Trons. I think I saw Tron 1. Can you, can you break down in 30 seconds the last two Trons? All I remember is like that weird motorcycle with the weird tires <laughs> that don't make any sense. Isn't it just like a video game type thing? In Tron 2, they de-aged Jeff Bridges, and I think it was the first time I'd ever seen de-aging in a movie, and so it, it sort of blew my mind. Hey, who knows what they'll do with Jared Leto this time. <laughs> For real. What if For they real. re-age Jared Leto? <laughs> I just don't know how he's going to... So basically what happens in Tron 1 is Jeff Bridges is this computer programmer, and somehow he gets trapped inside the computer, and he has to... Uh, beat the computer at his own game that he programmed. And in Tron 2, his son, played by Garrett Hedlund, who's a great actor, love Garrett Hedlund, ever since I saw him in the Beautiful War Kings of Leon music video. <laughs> and uh, he plays Jeff... That's where it started, I guess. Yeah, he plays Jeff Bridges' son, and then he eventually goes into the video game looking for his dad. Finds his dad, but his dad is old Jeff Bridges, and he has to face off against de-aged Jeff Bridges as the bad guy. Old Jeff Bridges is good. De-aged Jeff Bridges is bad. Say de-aged Jeff Bridges three times fast. You can't. But, no, um it's impossible. Yeah, it's impossible to do. But that sort of sums it up. 
Does that make sense? No, not at all. But uh, okay, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah, it makes lots of sense. Why? I think, why wouldn't they just reboot it? Well, so the second one with Garrett Hedlund was, I think, intended. To, it was sort of like a reboot qual, you know, half sequel, half reboot. <laughs> okay, that's the one I saw. Then the newest. Yeah, it's got a what's her face in it. Dude, we need to pour one out yeah. for uh, our boy Sumner Renstone, the guy oh, who famously yeah. said content is king. Yeah, 95. He lived a good life. <laughs> Pouring out for Sumner. I mean, I don't think he's our boy. Yeah. I just like that phrase, content. Friend of the pod. He's probably canceled, right? I mean, how can you live to 95 and not be canceled? Well, let's not he get into that. probably was canceled. Let's get back to the heart of the matter. What's really this is important good, this is, here. This is good vibes only. Good vibes only. <laughs> yeah. We're going back to talking about Jared Leto. Talking about good vibes. We're really taking the podcast back to our roots here. I don't know if you guys recall, but very early on, we had had a very intense discussion about Jared Leto and his eyebrows, yeah. maybe, or was it his hair? Something, some part of his hair. It was so long ago. Something to do with the hair follicles on Jared what, Leto's what head. What movie was it? This was on the the Miracle episode. He, For some reason, we got into in his acting choices because I think there was another. Oh, it was was it because was he the one who did that? Uh, that spiritual, like, uh, what's it called? Voyage where he was, like, in the woods for, or in the desert for a couple days. And didn't know COVID happen. And, like, oh, yeah, that's was right. Was meditating, right? Yeah, that's what we were talking about. So now, about. So, so Jared Leto emerges from the wilderness with <laughs> Tron. First thing, he, he, first, yeah, his great epiphany from months and months in the wilderness is <laughs> we should make another Tron. So this might be the best Tron ever. It's either going to be the best Tron ever, or it's going to be the worst performance of Jared Leto's career. <laughs> or it's just going to be another yes. Tron, which is, you know, code word for blah. I don't know. Word. We'll see. I'm I'm out on Tron, though. I'm officially making mm. that stance on the yeah, podcast. Yeah, I'll probably out. Never, never been in. <laughs> <laughs> Can't be out on something you've never yeah, been I'm in not on. even dipping my toes in. Well, glad we have a unified out stance on Tron. Second piece of movie news. Oh, crap. I forgot to tell you guys. I don't know if it already happened. But Liam Neeson is actually going to be at some premiere of some movie he's in at a drive-in movie theater like an hour from me. Are you going? Dude, I feel go. like I should go and try and get an interview. Try I and think an you got to go. Interview. Get an exclusive. Hold out the phone with the voice memo. exclusive. Liam, Liam, will you come on my podcast? <laughs> I'm with the movie publication Loose Concept. We want to talk, talk to you about Qui-Gon Jinn. All right. So here's the next piece of movie news. Here's I'll start with the headline. 68-year-old Liam Neeson isn't done with action yet and has, quote, a couple of fights, end quote, left in him. Guys, Liam Neeson doing more action movies. Love it. What what sad sap thought that he was actually done, though? You know? Like, <laughs> Liam Neeson is him- such an interesting guy because it's like he started out with these, like, really prestige like drama films he was just like he was in the mission he was schindler's in schindler's list. list he just like sort of these like elite drama actor and then it's like once he hit the age of 60 he's like nah dog we're going all in on action movies yeah. it was really taken that that steered him through that yeah it was a big shift which he was he sort was of in commuter playing against non-stop. he was playing against type in that one well that taken was like kind of a big I think big shift in the whole movie industry. Just cause that I remember that movie. I mean, it probably wasn't <laughs> in my mind. That was like where those those types of action movies really, you know, in thirteen know, it was, thirteen year old Rudy's mind. Yeah, any movie that has like 
two movies come after it, any like a <laughs> triumvirate, it's like it has to have some sort of a trilogy. It's meaning. A trilogy. Yes. Rudy. Thanks, Sean. Could also be called triumvirate. <laughs> but um, <laughs> yeah, so I feel like Taken was just a massive success, and that he probably got so much money from it and was like, yeah, I can, I can, I can do this. <laughs> Oh, this yeah, is how I you did. make money acting. I, I, <laughs> I think it. I mean, there's probably not another series that with an actor that's in that age demographic that kind of what became a blockbuster. Mm. I can't think of another one. Tune into Damage Control on next week's episode of Loose Concept. <laughs> oh yeah, Brad Pitt. <laughs> <laughs> right. I have. I have a I have a plot for his next movie though. Oh, we yeah, all have plots. Yeah, so let's uh, that's we're pivoted into a new brand new segment. What movie should Liam Neeson do next? This was uh, invented by Rudy. Uh, so, Sean, we'll start with you. You seem ready and fired up and eager to go. What what action film should Liam Neeson film next? So he's conquered the plane. He's conquered the train. <laughs> his next one so will be on a cruise ship. Oh, let's go. Royal Caribbean. Yep, Royal Caribbean, bringing it back. (laughs) It's going to be an action abduction type movie on a cruise ship. Very contained, tight space. What if it's, though, like a coronavirus spinoff where it's like there's a virus spreading on the ship and he needs to find the antidote? Liam Neeson has to get into a fist fight with the coronavirus. I have a very specific set of skills. I'm not trying to muddy your waters, your creative waters, but I don't know. Just, yeah. just I, w- I would uh, workshop that. Sorry to hash your vibe, Sean. Carry on. So- something on a ship. Maybe it's a Viking River cruise. I don't know. <laughs> wasn't he in? Like, wasn't he in a movie last year where he was like on a snowplow too? Yeah, yeah. Cold exposure or something like that. That's where he went to go fight those wolves, yeah, right? He was like his his son. <laughs> No, that's that's another that's, one. That's yeah, that's another winter <laughs> winter Liam Neeson movie. I love Rudy, the cruise ship idea, though, Sean. Rudy, what it, what's your uh, what's your pitch for Liam? You got okay, sixty so, seconds in a room with Liam to, to tell him what movie he should do next. I'm I'm going straight for the money grab. Okay, I'm doing some sort of like classic idea where it's like Liam Neeson and his grandson. Okay, and there's some sort of uh, computer type virus. Like, let's say it's the Chinese, and there's some sort of, like, computer <laughs> virus that's going to cut off all the electricity to the hospitals, and, and he, he has to, like, his son, his grandson is teamed, he's teaming up with his grandson to hack the mainframe, and then Liam Neeson's fighting the bad guys, the henchmen that are guarding the computers nice. and stuff. It's been done a thousand times, but oh, dang. it's sure to make, you know, tons of money, have a couple TikTok you know, integration there, a little TikTok integration. Probably a couple TikTok songs. Yeah. Liam Neeson's going to be doing some TikTok dancing on the promo sure circuit. Yeah. Mine is mine is nowhere near as creative, but I think it's going to make a, a boatload of money for Liam. Old Man 007. That's right. Existing IP. Ooh. James Bond. He's retired now. He gets called out, called out of retirement by... Uh, MI6 or whatever. They need him to do one last job. So this is just a one-off, one last, one-off job. movie for Liam. You just got to sign up one movie contract, and he's old man, old man Bond, coming out of retirement. He's just got to, you know, play a couple, couple games of, uh, of, uh, you know, Texas Hold'em somewhere. He's <laughs> got to 
You play some <laughs> shuffleboard. Maybe there's a cruise boat involved. If that's what it takes to get him into the movie, I, you know, it doesn't matter to me. I just want to use that IP. You know, we're so busy like bashing our brains trying to figure out who the next James Bond is going to be. It's right there in front of us. It's Liam Neeson. Uh, is he British? No, but he's Scottish. You know who else was Scottish? Sean Connery. Sean Connery. The OG Ooh, Bond. The OG. The GOAT. I'm not saying he's the GOAT. He's the OG, though. That's a discussion discussion for another day. But You throw out a couple of old lady uh, love interests, old lady Bond girls. This could be this could be a huge hit. No, I like the idea, Elijah. I think uh, he's a he's, good idea. He's kind enough, but he's also vicious enough. He's, where he he's could, definitely got a strong like a, silent type vibes. It'd be a very different Bond than what we've had with Daniel Craig for the last uh, you know fifteen years or however long it's been. It's just yeah. it's a way to change things up without changing it up too much. You know, I'm in it solely for the scene where Liam Neeson is on the sheep pasture with his like woolen sweater <laughs> in his retirement and he's just herding sheep. Yeah. And like they're like the helicopter yeah. flies in over the mountain over the hill and it's like, we need you yes. back. I swore I would never be back again. It's great. I'm all in. <laughs> Sign me up today. Well that's been our segment. What movie should Liam Neeson do next? That'd be good. Tune in next week when we talk about what other movies Liam Neeson should do. Just kidding. That's going to be a one-off <laughs> segment as well. <laughs> lots of lots of good thinking, boys. I think we're really propping up our case for uh, becoming uh, Hollywood execs at some point here. <laughs> just a couple uh, couple of idea idea guys, you know. Idea machines. Just a, this, this is a think tank. <laughs> this is a think tank. More than yeah, a podcast. Exactly. We have to formally incorporate, though. Uh the, the very last piece of movie news, very minor minor movie news, but uh, we were just informed by uh, Dave at Chartable that our podcast reached 155 on the Film and Reviews Apple uh, podcast chart in Canada. So we are the 155th best film reviews podcast in Canada. Wow. Thank you, Dave. Wait, hold on, let me just grab my bottle of champagne to pop. <laughs> we made it, boys. We made it. Pop. We're officially wow. there. We did it. Do you I think they're like so big in Canada? Do you think they're like ten Canadian fans? <laughs> do you think they're like ten thousand film and review podcasts in Canada, or like two hundred? I think there's <laughs> probably like one hundred fifty-eight. <laughs> <laughs> We're better than three other podcasts, and that's only because they don't record episodes anymore. So just yes, we all need to move to Canada. Maybe that's like our demographic. That's where we just hit in Canada. All of yeah. our jokes. Just hit in Canada. Yeah, maybe we just need to to really gear gear ourselves towards that market. Who knows? It's like, it's like Transformers movies in Ch- in China. We need to do a collaboration with Maddie Matheson. Yeah. Make it happen. Make it happen. All right, let's move on from movie news. Do you hear him off in the distance? Hear the trumpet, the bugle blowing. I think I hear them. Here he comes. There he is. It's our Pony Express rider, back. With more, more messages sent along the Pony Express explicitly for our ears. <laughs> All right, le- leading us off, our first message sent along the Pony Express this week from a from a, a female fan in Pennsylvania. Ooh. Not sure which bummed me out more: Rudy's Star Wars take or Elijah's Lord of the Ring take. Sean Ooh. wins for least problematic, loose concept host. Yes. Ooh, sorry, listener. I got a trophy. That was in response to uh, 
Rudy not including Star Wars on his I'm top I'm here for 20, the listeners. Me not including Lord of the Rings. I'm really a representation of, of listeners everywhere. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. You I just guys, think... You guys have the niche audiences. I, w- I would just ask that listener to go back in time, not grow up with Star Wars, which I'm assuming she did, and then watch it for the first time in college, late at night, and... <laughs> Tell me, what do you think about it? No, I understand. I mean, Sean is the most ethical person that I know, so it makes sense that she would say that. But, hey, I stand by everything I've said. Lord of the Rings, not that good. Any movie with Gollum, just not for me. All right, moving on to our next message. This one's a little bit bit longer, so bear with me. Hello. Last week on the Episode 20 podcast, you mentioned the movie Magnificent Seven. I believe this film is the IP ancestor to Fast and Furious franchise. Do you agree? <laughs> Ooh. Just wait. This, this listener goes in further. Comparison. Oh Yul Brenner playing Chris is Vin Diesel playing Dominic Toretto. He's explaining. Both have a That's, complicated history with the true. law yet have a strong moral compass. Others respect their skill and are willing to work to follow them into jobs with difficult circumstances but neither character ever loses a fight. I mean, it's good. Can you it's argue with good. him there? Yeah, second, second comparison. This argument's getting good. Second comparison. Steve McQueen playing a character named Vin is, cor- is corollary to Paul Walker playing Brian O'Connor. Explanation. Both characters are undeniably cool and at times serve as stand-ins for the audience's perspective. They're also gifted at what they do, though maybe not to the same degree as... Dom slash Yul Brenner, Chris, whatever his name is. They rely on charisma as much as their craft. Are you guys digging this? You're vibing with this? I'm digging this. I'm right on you. I'm yeah. vibing with this hard. Here's here's the last last comparison. Horses equal cars. <laughs> Explanation. <laughs> Looking cool while using the transportation of the era is an essential ingredient to both franchises. And also both have ensemble casts. He says, "Thanks for wow. reading. I'm a huge fan." Wow, that is a that's one of the best entries to the Loose Concept Pony Express thus yeah. far. I love it. Thank you, listeners. Just that, a great Pony Express writing. It sounds like a PhD like thesis in the making. Like the yeah, the, we need one of those every week. The similarities between <laughs> Magnificent Seven and Fast and Furious. I mean, the I more the more I've been thinking about it, the more I think about it, the more it, it makes sense. It just perfectly lines up. All right, I like it. The third third message that came Bringing in on the Pony Ex- Pony Express. This one, little dissension, little dissension here. Hey, love the pod, but I could use a few more action flicks. Let's get some diversity <laughs> in the mix, yeah? Question mark, question mark. I'd even be down for a comedy, or dare I say, a rom-com? Love the stuff, boys. Keep it up. And get that guy Greg on again. I love his take on things. <laughs> Then he signs it. Your subscriber, yes. Kanye West, aka 2020 presidential nominee. So, shouts to Kanye for writing it. Wow, that he's a Greg fan. <laughs> I'm just like, <laughs> uh, I'm like losing it because Greg, this listener, would take the time <laughs> to just <laughs> plug himself. Basically, I'm so I'm so happy he took the time to write in and give us his input, but. Oh, it really makes me laugh thinking about him plugging I himself. Thought, <laughs> I kind of thought the movies, I mean, how do you guys take that? I kind of thought the movies we were doing were pretty diverse. There's a lot of different types of movies here. I mean, I feel like they're not all the same vibe. Night's Tale's kind of a comedy. There's a lot of Brad Pitt going on. 
I mean, no rom coms as of we yet. We got sports movies, superhero movies. We got coming of age. We have dramas. We have comedies. We got you know inspirational films. To answer your first your first quip, asking for some uh, few action flicks. This episode's for you. This is tying directly yeah. into our feature film of the week. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. We are diving right into the meat and the potatoes of the podcast. This week's feature film we will be discussing. Mad Max Fury Road As the world fell it was hard to know who was more crazy me or everyone else Here they come Oh what a day What a lovely day Fury Road. From the mind of Donald Miller. Okay, Mad Max Fury Road, the George Miller directed a 2015 Tom Hardy vehicle in more ways than more, more ways than one. Literally vehicle. This is the story of a post-apocalyptic wasteland where Women, a woman rebels against a tyrannical ruler in search for her homeland with the aid of a group of female prisoners, a psychotic worshiper, and a drifter named Max. Rudy, you're a leadoff hitter. Get us going here. What's the best part of Mad Max Fury Road? Uh, the vehicles. Mm. Like you said, it's a Tom Hardy vehicle, but this is a vehicle vehicle. This is a vehicle <laughs> for vehicles. <laughs> vehicle okay? vehicle. The cars. Uh, every car in this movie is cooler and wilder than the last. You got the, you know, you got Tom Hardy's car, which is like this souped-up muscle car. Mm. You got the interceptor. You got the interceptor. Interceptor. You got the big like tanker that she's driving that Charlie's Theron's driving through the desert. The you got the weird rig. spiky ones. You got the ones with the little like the hedgehog ones. Yeah. And then you got the guy who yeah. comes in with the, the weird like tank. It's like a tank tracks on this golden. Looks like a Chevelle or something. It was just. The cars are awesome. Oh yeah. Oh, and I almost forgot. I'm sorry. I could. I would have kicked myself. If I forgot the dedicated rock and roll vehicle, the one that goes <laughs> out there where it's just speakers and it's just a guy on a guitar jamming out. Yes. What's that guy's name? Like the Dorf Please. Warrior? Yeah, the Dor- the Doof Warrior. Is he? Do they say that? The that's his name. That's like- that's what he's billed as on IMDb. The Doof Warrior. Yeah. Shooting shooting flames out wow. of his guitar. That's a hard job. Just rad. Yeah. It's a hard job, but someone's got to do it, you know? The Almost like a companion piece. There's If you go on YouTube, there's like a behind-the-scenes documentary. Not documentary, but someone just like stitched together a bunch of like behind-the-scenes yeah, clips. Yeah, I watched that too. Oh, so good. It's like 45 minutes of them just talking about like the making of this movie, and there's like a whole segment on the cars and how many different cars they built. Just sick. Rad. I would love to have one of the cars from this movie. Yeah, yep. I agree. It's- Same. Incredible. I was like two nights ago after I was watching the movie, uh, I was just on on Google look trying to find an, an inter- Ford Interceptor on eBay that I could buy and soup up. <laughs> <laughs> just cruise around the uh, southeast Pennsylvania region, blowing gas into the carburetors with the the monster truck wheels. With the monster truck <laughs> wheels, yes, yes. Sean, what's the best part of this movie for you? It goes it goes with the vehicles. It's just the set pieces and mm. the production design. Just the whole just following this chase the whole first half of the movie is just incredible. 
um, and the the landscape. I watched that behind the scenes too, and it was pretty incredible to see how little CGI they used yeah. and how time intensive it was um, to set up all these cars to make them shine. Really, um, taking a quote from the movie, but uh, yeah, just loved the the realness in the set design. Famously filmed in uh, Namibia. Namibia, yeah, in in Africa. In Namibia, in Africa, yeah, it took them like years and years and years to make this movie because there were so, so many like moving pieces and parts, and they had to get all these permits. Obviously, not apparently not allowed to just drive like huge flaming vehicles through the middle of the <laughs> Namibian desert. Yeah, have these explosions? Yeah, it was like a lot of those explosions were real. So yeah, truly wild. They they said that they had thirty five hundred little. Um, uh, storyboard cards that they set up on the four walls of when they had yeah. to actually had write like the movie. All, all planned of, out. Yeah, of planning out each single singular vehicle and um, costume. It's pretty that in the behind the scenes. There's like a whole segment on them doing that final stunt where the war rig flips. That is just like truly wild. Truly. Oh wild. yeah. That sort of ties into what the best part of the thing. Of, just the best part of the movie was, in my opinion, is the, the just the pace of the movie. For the first three quarters of the movie, it's just like nonstop, and it just feels like you're getting like punched in the face repeatedly, mm. yeah, in the best way possible. Yeah, I know, I agree. So it was a toss-up between either that or uh, Tom Hardy's chopped-up haircut. Great haircut. Yeah. Great yes. bad haircut. Yeah, I forget it, that they had they cut his hair down so much in the beginning. I definitely relate to that first part though, where I was like, after watching it, I was like, just wow, why am I so like, why am I tensing all my muscles right now? <laughs> like it was just. You're just like so watching it like, oh, what's going to happen? Yeah. Yeah. It's great. It's great. But there are parts that are not so great. That's right. Let's transition into worst things about the movie. I'll start. Tom Hardy doing his uh, weird voice thing once again for the entire movie. Yes. He's like, it almost sounds like they overdubbed his lines afterward. Bro, Cause, yes. Because every line he says sounds like crystal clear, but it's and like louder. whispered. Yeah. It's like a loud whisper and, that's yeah, crystal clear. Dude, I looked that up because that was one of the questions I had at the end. I was like, why does his voice sound so weird? And it was actually someone that wrote an article on Reddit about how it was like one of the worst dubbed movies because like almost everything's dubbed because you couldn't yeah. hear anything. Yeah, and there are like I was and like I was reading this article halfway through the movie, and just from that point on, I could I noticed like three or four times where his mouth was moving and nothing was coming out, or things were coming out and his mouth wasn't moving. <laughs> I mean, that's which probably the, weird. Probably the downside of filming around like eight hundred just <laughs> ripping engines the entire entire <laughs> shit. Yeah, I totally agree. I would I would second that. I thought the worst part was the dial like the lack of dialogue. I know George yeah. Miller, he said in that behind the scenes that he wanted there to be as le- the least amount of dialogue and talking as possible, that it would only be essential communication. But I feel like we really miss a lot of character development, but also just like understanding what's going on in people's motivations. Yeah. Um, by their, the just lack of dialogue. You know me, I'm a big dialogue guy, so. Yeah, there's a lot that's inferred, but the problem is you can't, like, really infer a post-apocalyptic wasteland where everything is just totally off-the-wall yeah. bananas. Like, people aren't just yes. not going to be able to understand what you're referring to. Yeah, like, yeah. halfway through, you're like, what is aqua-cola? <laughs> yes. Water? I don't Oh, it's just M- a mother's weird milk? Name for water. What is going on? Ugh. 
which which leads me perfectly into my worst thing, which is like, and it's probably a, a just an element of a Mad Max movie, but I could deal with this movie being like five clicks less weird. This was just like a really weird movie yes. right off the bat. Like it seemed like the first 10 minutes were just kind of a different movie where it's kind of going into his backstory and all of his flashbacks and like the demonic weird, like things, people popping up. Like who are these random people? Like are they people that he could have saved? Cause they're saying, why didn't you save us Max? So <laughs> yeah, maybe like that's the what they are. Of the corn I mean, that's who I would, that's who I, that's who I assumed they were based on their, yeah. But I just, you know, the, the, what's up with the weird little man in the, with the heart stitch and, you know, the weird bubbles coming off of everybody and, the fact that like people are walking around on those weird stilt people that are like walking around on stilts in the dead and yeah. that like have what's you, up with that? Have you seen other Mad Max movies, Rudy? Yeah, I've seen the first two. It's kind of like a, the trademark of the franchise is that they get progressively weirder and weirder. So if you see the third one, Beyond Thunderdome, it's like really bizarro out there. And uh, I think he just feels like he has to keep topping off the weirdest, you know? Yeah, I guess so. But I just not here for it could have could have toned it back a little bit yeah i feel like I mean, it's not about it's yeah. it's about the post-apocalyptic thing but the movie's really about the escape it's an escape movie and the vehicles yeah. like add you so much tone to it, it down some i don't know yeah i know. dig it i look at, i kind of like how weird they are i think it makes them different <laughs> than just a normal like fast and furious movie you know yeah like you kind of i don't know i dig I the post-apocalyptic the but yeah i agree with rudy there's just some some strangeness that I could do that's very distracting <laughs> that I could do without. Yeah, it's sort of, it's tough because that's like, that's the, the thing though, you know, it's tough to take away from the movie that's like, that's part of what the Mad Max movies are. Yeah, it's like, oh, let's make a Star Wars movie, but they're all on one planet and they yeah, can't go anywhere. Exactly, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> You're yeah. sort of taking away like a key element. But yeah, I definitely could have done without the scene yeah. of him washing his face off with breast milk not great or like the weird scene where they're cutting the baby out of the lady yeah like, that's, what that's the not, heck? not great either no <laughs> speaking of cutting look. things <laughs> let's talk cut a scene out of scene we're not cutting out babies but we're cutting out scenes Got and it. adding new ones in <laughs> that's how you, that's that's how you get to be the 155th best film and review podcast on apple charts in canada let's talk cut a scene out of scene rudy what scene are you cutting out yeah, so uh, this is a movie that's famous for its simplicity in that it's a movie where they race out into the middle of the desert and then they turn around and race all the way back. <laughs> yes. So I'm just going to go ahead and cut one of the race scenes. So I don't know. I'm still unsure if I want to cut the first scene driving out or the last scene driving in. Like, just make it a lot shorter. Like, maybe you cut right to the scene where it's like, oh, they've escaped. Furios has escaped and they're already out in the middle of the desert. Yeah. And they're, like, stranded or something, and then they hook up with Max. I don't know. Find a way so that we don't have to watch them do the same thing twice, because I feel like towards the end <laughs> it was kind of dragging, and I was like, okay. No. Already. Yeah. I was guess the, the thing that we have to watch them do twice, though, is so sick that it's, 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 it's worth it to watch it twice. By the time the first one's over, it's like, wow, I wish I could watch that again. And then you do get to watch it again. I don't know. I, di- I didn't feel that. I felt just like, you know... It was the it was like the exact same thing, and it was it didn't. I don't know. I was I had enough after the first one. Let's just put it that way. Okay, that's fair. What are you adding in? I feel you. Yeah. So in its place, I want like we were discussing already the uh, 
the ambiguity of where all these like oh the gas gas town and all these other villages and outposts yeah. like i want to know a little bit more backstory so there's like a scene where they're like hunting down furiosa and you've got like the weird main guy who wears the plastic six pack what's that, what's his name and morden joe morden joe and then you got the guy who's got the sick like uh he's got like the headdress made of bullets and he's driving that cool chrome uh, the, the bullet farmer tank car and it's they he he said like brother at some point so i like i'd love to know if they're related brother. i'd love to know if there was like you know i want to know a little bit more backstory so i'm adding a scene of like i think you could add it okay take away the weirdness of tom hardy in the beginning that's not a scene i'm cutting by the way i already <laughs> cut my cut scene but just added like him doing a little dialogue the world has devolved into six kingdoms or whatever the world he has devolved into three, three kingdoms my world is fire and yeah, but but describe like okay, there's the like like an Avatar, the Last Airbender, the Fire Nation, the Water Nation. <laughs> but you just have like yeah, no, that was that was describe the three different like towns and then like you know how there's how they interact or whatever. I don't know. Just just give me a little more backstory. Some exposition. I get. Yeah. I mean that makes sense, but you know to count to counter that, which I usually do. <laughs> this is like. Matt Max doesn't like in the story of Mad Max the the like overall structure is he's just cruising through the the desert trying to not go crazy right and he just comes upon these things and so these like he wouldn't know anything about these three towns he just would come upon come upon them so he doesn't have the the background of the exposition you know that makes sense that does make sense it's kind of like yeah I like I just like big picture but Sean that's fine no, mine mine was similar. Um, my my cut scene is just cutting out the bullet farmer and the gas town uh, bear oil baron guy. <laughs> you're not de- you're not down with him. the nipple pierced nipple piercing wallet chains. The nose covering. Nose covering. Yeah. I didn't even notice that, but uh, <laughs> I, I feel like the you'll catch the it on the villain in the movie Immortem Joe is uh, is kind of downplayed because he's you know most of the middle part of the movie you've got the bullet farmer who kind of just like chases him down chases trying to chase down furioso and then the gas oil baron guy is just kind of there and i number one i'm like why are these guys caring about a bunch of wives of immortem joe like why are they so dedicated to this mission so i don't really understand that and they also are taking away so much screen time from him where we don't really get his story yeah and he's not really the one that's dictating like well i'm gonna send my lieutenants out to go you know chase him with this tank and so when he dies at the end you're kind of like yeah he was a bad guy but i didn't really know anything <laughs> about him so it didn't really matter to me <laughs> and then what i'm adding i think that the thing there is, is that he's just uh, supposed to be this guy who's capitalized on other people's you know time of being struggling and he just like took advantage of people and he's continued to take advantage of, of them for long enough that he's like elevated himself to this level of like a god to the, all these people and even these the bullet farmer and the gas town guy they were still like they feel like they have to you know maybe that because they rely on the water and he controls the water he also controls them like you can get by without bullets and gas but you can't get by without the water so maybe because he's that controls the water he's the most important they feel indebted to him yeah Yeah. i felt like there's just a lot of critical time that was spent with those two guys that it would have been 
I don't know, yeah. more advantageous to understand his his motivations. Um, and then I'm I'm adding, like Rudy said, some some narration to explain a little bit more of the situation because I feel like even on the rewatch, I haven't seen this movie since it came out in theaters, and I'm still, you know. I think the first half of the movie, you're still trying to remember what, okay, these are half-life people, the (laughs) war pups, like, you're trying to understand the The whole... The war boys. Yeah, the war boys. You're trying to understand the whole setup. And it can be a little bit distracting, because I think you're you're also trying to pay attention to the amazing action sequences, so... So that's my that's my courtesy and Addison. Add a little ex, exposition, a little explanation, so you're not trying to think too much. You're just able to enjoy and sit back and watch the action sequences. So for my courtesy and Addison, I'm cutting out the whole middle section where they're they've gone out and then they're just sort of hanging out and they're like talking to the old women and like they realize that the, the green like yeah. I don't want any of that. I just want more racing. So I'm just cutting that section out. I would, they can just drive out, realize that they've pulled the people out, and then drive back. And, like, you don't really need that whole, like, scene of, like, oh, you know, we're going to try and drive across the Sol, and, oh, now we're not going to do that. It's just, like, too much too much unnecessary content. Yeah. No emotional content in any movie. I just want action. <laughs> Crushing. I want engines could, and flames. <laughs> fire and blood, baby. Let's go. It, it, it could have been they just drove all the way around the world. Yes. <laughs> ended up back in the... Uh, <laughs> Yes. So I'm cutting cutting that out, and uh, I am adding in more pre-capture Max before he was captured, but only because I want to see him cruising around with the flow, the the, the massive locks in the interceptor, just vibing out in the desert. That was yeah. so we weird. We don't get with much of him in his car. I've ne- I don't know if we've ever is, have we s- ever seen Tom Hardy with long hair in a movie. I don't think so. Uh, no, no, I don't think I don't so. See it. Jackie really and Hair, Tom Hardy. That's my add-in. Maybe also, it just like, you know, grant a wish, make a wish foundation would be more BMX guys. Dude, the BMX guys were rad. Those, that seems yeah. tight, where they're like, and there's like the red, the yeah. guy, they shoot the one guy with the red flare. So good. The only yeah. other movie that I can think of that uh, Tom Hardy is in a vehicle longer is the movie Locke, which he's driving a, a vehicle mm. the entire time. So yeah, anything more with the interceptor would be good. Yeah, let's move into recast a roll. I got a couple. Ooh, I gotta. I'm scared to say mine. I kind of felt like, why do we always just limit ourselves to one recast roll? We could just recast as many as we want. So I'm gonna. I have a couple for you. First off, for starting off, I don't know that I believe this 100, percent but it, it's interesting to think about as mad as a uh, as problematic as he is, Mel Gibson reprising the role one more time in Fury Road. Sort of like an old, old bedraggled Mel as Mad Max driving the rig. Yeah. I, I think that would yeah. be interesting. It'd just be It's I'd interesting to think about. And there was talks of him being in it, and then uh, it, they, they fell through, and that's when, you know, that was back in, uh, what does it say here, back in like 2002, 2003, they were still talking about having Mel Gibson in it, and then... The movie didn't come out until 2015. Like there, this movie went to went into pre-production in like 1997. They said, and it did come out until 2015. Yeah, it's one oh, of those that yeah. just like went through development hell, and that finally Jeez, finally was released. But it uh, lived up to the hype, obviously. But um, so that's one. Mel Gibson is interesting. And then there's another casting rumor before Tom Hardy was 
considered. And after they were had decided to move on from Mel Gibson, there was a brief period of time in between where they were thinking about putting Heath Ledger in it, which is also really uh, interesting to think interesting. about. Yes. Dude, yeah. yes. He yeah. would have been perfect. That would be a good... He would have been a good man. Get an Australian, native Australian in there. You don't have... Uh, a English guy doing his best Australian accent, actually, or not even attempting to do an Australian accent. You have like a true, true-blooded Australian in there. Um, so that that's also an interesting recast. And then here's here's two other ones. Wow, you got one for all of us. <laughs> <laughs> I love the recast. This is the most interesting part of every podcast to me. And for the uh, the tattoo artist slash uh, abortion doctor slash whatever else that guy crazy dude yeah wayne knight <laughs> put wayne knight in that <laughs> role <laughs> no 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 you can see it I come on it's there no. think about it no no he sort wayne of like was, makes makes your skin crawl in the right way wayne knight was immediately killed in the apocalypse there's no way he's making it through <laughs> to the apocalypse <laughs> i would have liked wayne knight as like a jester that just like was along for the ride mm. and just kept immortem joe like Laughing throughout this, that would be funny. Come on now. Bring my well, jester. Speaking of Immortan Joe, that's my my third or fourth or whatever recast. Nick Cage as Immortan Joe. Dude, so you're getting you're, you're just you're digging this trench deeper and deeper. Come on, come on. It's interesting to think about. It's interesting. He could do I it. Just, he could totally do it. I think a wrote like I think a CG. They could CGI Immortan Joe, <laughs> and I would have like yeah. I wouldn't have noticed. I, I so, feel like that. The interesting the thing no, about Immortan yeah. Joe is the actor who plays him is the same guy who played the villain yeah. in the first, very first Mad Max that came out. Oh, that's interesting. Which was sort of the Mad Max that? that was like at the beginning of the apocalypse. As everything was starting to crumble, this guy was just like a leader of a motorcycle gang. And so now, you know, they're, they obviously, they're, it's, they've said that it's it could be the same guy or it could be a different guy, but you could see how it's this guy who's like already in this band of outlaws before the apocalypse is starting would just like keep accumulating mm, yeah. more and more crazy outlaw people to him and eventually like have an army of like crazy people and become this, you know, sort of warlord guy. Yeah. Ruler, yeah. So it's like an interesting interesting casting and you hate to to pull it, but Nick Cage, man, you just can't pass him up. He should be in every movie. <laughs> I'm done now. Sean. All right. <laughs> I think you've taken all of them. No, I, I was else going with a, a, a fellow uh, Australian. Uh, I was going to go with Chris Hemsworth Ooh, in as Max. Interesting. Wow. I am so glad because I was like, I'm. I was also going to recast Tom Hardy, and I felt like it's almost like sacrilege because we're such big fan. I'm such a big fan. But he just like I don't know. He didn't say enough. He didn't like have you know. And that was that's not his fault. It's the script's fault. Yeah. But he just he didn't. It was like he didn't have the pull that Tom Hardy usually has in a movie. Like when when there's a movie with Tom Hardy and every time he's on screen, you're like, wow, what's he gonna do now? In this movie, it's just kind of like everything's going on around him, and he's just kind of like observing it. You know? Yeah. 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 He didn't get a chance to show his value. No. I, and I, I was I was reading an interview with him. He was actually like upset he he apologized to george miller because he like felt that he was so i think i i want to say the word he used was like morose about his like delivery he thought he didn't do a great job i can't i can't i agree with that and having me is like yeah more tom hardy great but at the same time i think he did a good job of being playing 
Max, and he's very similar. Like he has the same sort of vibe as Mel Gibson had in the other Mad Max movies. So I think he played the character well, and so like you're just not used to seeing like Tom Hardy play that kind of a character. I think would be more. I don't know. I, I could go either way. Like I yeah, some more lines would have been great, but at the same time, like he's not like a he doesn't talk a lot in any of the other movies. So like, why would all of a sudden yeah. the character be a big talker? You know. But he didn't like he didn't really communicate well with his like acting either though. I think, you know, he didn't have that stage presence that Mel Yeah commanded. Yeah, I could see. So that. I was I also recasted him and I couldn't really think of anybody good. I think Heath Ledger would have been awesome. I was thinking Joaquin Phoenix maybe, where you have like a little bit more of yeah. the crazy, like deranged type maybe. character going on. But uh I wasn't super stoked on that. But just somebody else who's just like even even talking about Jared Leto, like that would have been really interesting to have like a little bit more. Like he's 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 letting the apocalyptic world shape him even more. Like yeah, yeah. Both of those guys though, it's like I don't know if you get the vibe that they would survive in the apocalypse. You know, like Tom Hardy looks like he could survive. Like he has that like that sort of just like you know solid like he just looks like a grinder. Bravado. You know? <laughs> yeah those other guys are too just like too lean and seem like too fragile i don't know i don't know I you go beef back them up forth. you make them beef up <laughs> <laughs> you want this roll i go back and forth yeah he did get like a metal stake driven through his head and just kind of was able to go yeah I well if like anybody out there has any has any uh off. potential better castings for mad max please email us at looseconceptpod at gmail.com Share your thoughts. Or share your thoughts about something non-Mad Max related. Before we move into uh, our final segment, let's talk about uh, miscellaneous questions. You guys got any? Or notes? Miscellaneous notes? Yes. So when they when they go through that canyon first, all the rocks get blown up. Then they go through the same canyon. How How is it the same setup when their first path was destroyed did the the bmx spiky boys clear it but it, it it even has like rocks on like there's a there's a clear like if you've been to the i don't know it's like a clear arch that was set up before is don't they use that isn't they that blow. why they flip the war rig to break through that rock isn't that what the whole purpose of that don't they use like the war rig as like a battering ram to break through it or something maybe not yeah i don't know so that was my one question. I didn't know if they just went, went through a different path, and it seemed a little strange to me that it was open, like, 12 hours later. You're not supposed to think about it that, that deeply, Sean. <laughs> my question was... Uh, when there's no dialogue, I, my mind yeah. wanders. <laughs> <laughs> my question is, what are they doing with that water distribution method? <laughs> they just, like... Pour it on the ground. Only- not only is it dumb to just like shoot it out of a spout on top of everybody, what is with the people with like bowls? Like, what are you gonna do with a bowl of water <laughs> if that's like all you get for the month? <laughs> Idiots. Idiots. They should all have hydro flasks, like me, a coastal give elite. Me a little, give me a little something, like an old gas can or something. I don't know. Something Dog. to just capture the water. You know, as a coastal elite, you only know what it's like. You just know what it's like to have water around you all the time. That's right. Through the coast. When you're in the desert, man, you just, you're, you're grasping for anything. I guess. I had a question. My question is, why do they bring that maid lady along 
when they're they're out on the road the maid who's like with his uh wives or whatever they bring oh, her with the along tattoos the, yeah with the tattoos they bring her along in the truck why why do they do that that's a great question she uh I think they figured she would know where they were going maybe they were gonna they were planning some elaborate trick to have her out in the middle of the desert and use her as bait to <laughs> capture the wives. why did she maybe like, she's just she a did, really good hang she had such a great opportunity to blow that guy away and like eliminate all the need for any kind of strife and she just totally missed that opportunity yeah it's a good question it's a valid question and why didn't they bring her with them they did bring her with that what do you mean why why didn't furioso bring her with them oh when they escaped because she had to stay back or i don't know stay back to shoot him and then he she didn't shoot him yeah yeah she's you have one job to do you had one job and he just walked very very slowly towards her (laughs) i had just had one one other minor note the uh the kill switches in the uh in the truck were a nice throwback to mad max 2 the road warrior where Max has kill switches in his car and he uses them to keep people from hijacking his car. So it was a little like bit of a flip Ooh, where like Mad Max was the one with the the kill switches and now she's the one with the kill switches and he almost he, Love it. he's little on tidbit. the tough end. I like of it. that. Connections. Any other thoughts? Uh my um, thought my only other thought is I like this movie more the first time I saw it. Didn't like it as much on the second. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I, I don't... feel like I'm the opposite way around. I think I like it more every time I see it. No, I think I agree with Rudy. It could have to really? do... I saw the first time in the theaters, first... so like a theater it's experience kind of, changes it. It's know? kind of shock and awe, yeah. I saw it in theaters, too. It's kind of shock and awe when you're in the theater, and I think now it's kind of like, oh. <laughs> I think it holds up. I think it holds well, up I think on that's... the small screen. The action doesn't... There's just as much action. I think it's hard with movies like this that are kind of like chase scenes or like heist movies. Um, when it can be a little bit predictable. That's true. That's harder on the second watch. Because, like, on the first one I saw this, I don't know where they're going or that they're going to come all the way back, you know? So, anyway. But still a good movie. Not top 20? No, sir. Not top 20, though. Nobody's top 20s have changed. Is it a top 40? Top 50? No. How far down How far down the line we have to go before this gets in, do you think? 250. <laughs> I don't know. Really? It's probably in the it's probably in the top one hundred. I think I'm just I'm just a bigger Mad Max yeah. fan in general than most people yeah, are. So I, think I think you I think you you got the fan fiction. Well, boys, let's wrap it up. Put this one in the books. Put a fork in it. It's cooked. If you have any thoughts, comments, questions, concerns, um, hate mail you'd like to send, send it all to looseconceptpod at gmail dot com. Um, Share your comments and your concerns. Follow us on Instagram at Loose Concept Pod. Rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. And uh, above all else, remember to always, most importantly, keep it loose. Keep it loose. And keep it conceptual. Bang. I had a bad experience. Damn it. Do I really look like a guy with a human hand? You can't handle the truth. Hi.